0: Hello again everybody, It's Jason Powers. Today we will discuss media lagging behind science, revelations made many months ago. The power of censorship from Amazon. Bill Gates is in hot water with his globalist cronies. Competing ideas. What is next? This and more on this broadcast.
1: Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Happy Monday. How do we assess the Biden administration's response to COVID? Well, here's one marker. It tells you pretty much everything that the White House that is supposedly so committed to science chose as its head COVID coordinator a man with no background at all in science or medicine. His name is Jeffrey Zients. Zients ran Joe Biden's presidential transition team. That's his qualification. He's a former management consultant from Bain who sat on the board of Facebook. Jeffrey Zients is a political operative. That's who's overseeing COVID response for Joe Biden. The good news is because Jeffrey Zients is not even close to being an actual scientist, he doesn't talk like one. Occasionally, he says things whose significance the rest of us can understand clearly. Listen to Jeffrey Zients from CNN yesterday and it becomes very clear how the White House understands this pandemic. Watch. The light at the end of the tunnel is brighter and brighter. Let's keep up our guard. Let's follow the CDC guidance. And the CDC guidance across time will allow vaccinated people more and more privileges to take off that mask. There it is. The CDC guidance across time will allow vaccinated people more and more privileges to take off that mask. End quote. A sentence like that raises so many questions, it's kind of hard to know where to start. But how about here? If vaccines work, why are any vaccinated people wearing masks ever anywhere? Seriously, Jeffrey Zients should be required to explain that slowly and with numbers so the rest of us who didn't serve on the board of Facebook can understand. No one's asked him to explain that, of course, so he hasn't. Nor has anyone asked Jeffrey Zients just how effective masks are at preventing the spread of COVID-19. Our public health authorities act as though masks are absolutely critical. But are they absolutely critical? Where are the serious studies that prove that? Do they exist? If they do exist, is there a reason they're being hidden from the rest of us? And finally, when did masklessness become a privilege? For thousands of years until about 12 months ago, masklessness was the global status quo. Virtually everyone on earth lived without masks. That was not considered weird. Masks were weird. They were unhealthy and menacing. Yet Jeffrey Zines has just informed us that things have changed. Going forward, not wearing a mask, even after you've been vaccinated, is, quote, a privilege, a scooby snack, a gold star, a pat on the head that may or may not be granted to you exclusively by the Democratic Party on the basis of no science, but purely because they're in charge and you're not. And that's called public health. And it's absolutely critical to the existence of our species that you comply with it reflexively without asking questions or thinking about it. And this will all continue, Jeffrey Zients explained, quote, across time. What does that mean exactly? How long will this terrifyingly irrational exercise continue? For the answer to that question, we go now to a man even more partisan than Jeffrey Zients. Here's the nation's most highly credentialed political operative, Tony Fauci, letting you know that actually this mask thing is never going to end.
0: But is the mask going to be
1: something we have with
2: us in a seasonal aspect? You know, that's quite possible. I think people have gotten used to the fact that wearing masks, clearly, if you look at the data, diminishes respiratory diseases. So it is conceivable that as we go on, a year or two or more from now, that during certain seasonal periods mm-hmm. when you have respiratory born viruses like the flu, people might actually elect to wear masks to diminish the likelihood that you'll spread these respiratory-borne diseases.
0: I just wanted to open with that. We'll we'll jump off from there because this interview or this opening monologue by Tucker gets better. I didn't listen to it last night. I just found it. Uh he's just he's actually redoing or replaying what uh The War Room Pandemic does. Uh they're talking about they're going to eventually talk about a article written by Nicholas Wade who was a science writer for the New York Times for about 30 years. He also wrote in Science and in Nature and he's published a very long article um, we'll, we'll probably uh, touch on it a little bit Because I've included it into some of my um, uh, written works But you notice like he said uh, So Fauci last fall Or last uh, spring, I'm sorry March 8th or 9th This was uh, on CBS He said mass, you know They may catch a little bit of droplets here and there But ostensibly don't work They just They're just there for show And his position on mask has changed all the time depending upon who's talking to him and when they're talking to him, whether it be Ron Paul, or Rand Paul, not Ron Paul, Rand Paul, um, Jim Jordan, and that's on Congress on Capitol Hill, or whether he's talking to his friends in the media, whether he's on CNBC or, uh, there he's on NBC talking to, uh, Chuck Todd, um. If you're in the liberal media, if you're a liberal out there who actually ever listens to this, you should be very worried about somebody who changes and flip-flops their position based upon who he's talking to. Because that just means he's a pathological liar. And there's also more reasons to it, and we'll get into that. Uh, Nicholas Wade gets into it uh, very tellingly with uh, the funding that went to the Wuhan lab. Uh, I've known about this for months. Many people have known about this for months. Uh, almost since the outset of this whole entire pandemic, uh, going back to April at least, in my in my particular estimation, uh, and i found the uh, source documents and whatnot. So this isn't a uh, this isn't a secret. You've been getting lied to by the mainstream media because the media always lags behind what reality is. It's like regulation. Regulation in Congress always lags behind what's going on. Uh, the regulation regards to censorship in uh, 230, for example, which uh, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, too, because uh, it's come for me um, in regards to a certain situation, a publication of a book on Amazon. But getting back to Fauci, the, the concept has been uh, he, is, he is a pathological liar. I'm labeling him that because his position changes all the time. This idea that these masks are here indefinitely is only because they've created the fear porn and the propaganda outlet. And the propaganda outlets, by the way, are all of them. They're not. There's. There's no. There's. I'm not. I'm not saying Fox is telling you the truth. If you're a liberal or a leftist, uh, it's hard to determine anymore if we got enough liberals left and if everybody's just gone so far left. Uh, you know, dependent upon your, um, dependent upon their you know, your silo and. Where you're at I mean if you're located in an inner city um, And if you pick up this broadcast Which you probably won't Because I mean I, I don't get a lot of uh, traffic But in the hopes that someone does listen Or eventually goes back over this I want you to realize that uh, That these uh, these outlets are just They're propagandizing fear They're talking about the CDC As, as if they're God Almighty The CDC is is a poisonous operation anymore they have poisoned medical health, and they're seated and funded by people like Bill Gates, for example. At one point, one year, he provided a quarter of their funding. It's quite telling when you have people, When I say a quarter of their the the foundation, not the CDC, the the seven billion dollar entity, the foundation. There's a CDC foundation, and the thing is, this policy is driven by other other things outside of just the the agency that's created in Washington D.C. Bill Gates has provided billions of dollars over the past decade and beyond that, but uh, I did a finite analysis based upon all of his grants that get sent to D.C., Virginia, Maryland, the surrounding area right around Washington, D.C. Uh, there's approximately about 5 to $6 billion, about $5.8 billion that has gone to the Washington, D.C. area, and it lands in places, uh, institutes, uh, off the top of my head, you know, and in not only universities, uh, the NIH, uh, Maryland, like the University of Maryland at Baltimore, um, obviously Johns Hopkins, uh, UVA, uh, uh, Virginia Commonwealth, uh, Georgetown, George Washington. Uh, those are the universities. Uh, he supports uh, the new venture fund, which is uh, highly uh, funding uh, K through twelve. I think he threw about three hundred and fifty million dollars why i'm bringing that up about gates is that so you know who's been controlling most of the messaging to you on tv right you probably don't realize it but uh anytime you see these major interviews like uh this lady this Wee Chen or whatever her name is who's who's also talked about uh your privileges now you have rights they're called your inalienable rights you're being manipulated by CCP, CCP-controlled operations. These people are evil to you. They're, they're trying to destroy your human rights and human liberties. If you're an American, you should, be, you should be very, very, very upset with our mainstream media because they are a propagandist. They're running the D- D- Democratic Party uh, platform and the CCP, pl- the CCP platform. Because they are highly motivated to hide their secrets from you, their dirt, their evil. And this, this also goes for the Republicans too. Because all of D.C. is in on this. Just about all of D.C. is in on it. They're all morally corrupt and morally bankrupt people. We are, being under, we are under direct assault from outside this country by the CCP. Chinese Communist Party. There's 90 million of them in the party that actually vote uh, for their leaders, so to speak. There is no, there is only one leader. There's Xi. He's the, called the paramount leader. He's the top of the food chain. But of course, he has uh, competition, and we'll get into that too. So there's competing globalist forces out here. Uh, I don't know if Gates works with uh, Xi. Uh, uh, was working? He has been working with Xi. But I think Gates is being thrown under the bu- uh, bus, and we'll get uh, the talk of the discussion of the Melinda Gates and uh, uh, Bill Gates go- uh, going to divorce court. It seems that was ongoing since 2019, when she supposedly found out again that uh, Bill Gates was palling around with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, very telling, in matter of fact, uh, his, uh, his 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 uh, fall from grace is maybe the globalist way of kicking him down the steps um, because there's competing there's competing narratives at the globalist level. So for example, Tucker here he's he's basically a globalist. I mean he's been involved with uh, there was a time 20 years ago when he used to push the policies of uh, George w. Bush or or the the neocon uh, party. Um, I've seen he's softened over the years. Uh To the point where he he he's seen that those policies are poison or he knows that they've been sold a lie uh like everybody else should know, see that lies have been sold by the media over and over again. The reason why the media focuses on the young is because you don't have the long history a memory of what has been sold to you over the course of time. Now you do you can go back or at least you could go back and see. Old interviews done by people who were positioned one way and now positioned another way. Now people will say, well, they just didn't know what they didn't know. If they work in journalism, they're supposed to know things that we don't know. When in reality it is, not only don't they, they either pretend to not know or they purposely push a lie to you because they're being paid to push that lie to you. They're paid to inform you with narratives. They're paid to distort situations like for example george floyd that's a distortion is there uh, is there is there police brutality or is there uh incidences that happen in the united states of course you have 330 million people just by logic and just by probability there's always going to be bad cops there's going to be bad crim- there's going to be criminals there's going to be bad politicians there's bad judges there's bad doctors there's bad nurses there's bad people everywhere it doesn't really they come in all flavors, shapes, and sizes. If you think that they are not going to run across each other, you're full of it. That being said, that being said, the number of actual deaths, according to the Washington Post, per year, of uh, police brutality—what uh, we'll call police brutality—we'll call police interaction with suspects where the suspect dies—is roughly a thousand people per year. Total. Total it's not thousands it's thousand one thousand you're more likely to die of drowning than you were to be shot by a cop and killed and 97 percent of those times the uh, the the 97 percent roughly the cop uh, was was probably well within his rights because the suspect was not armed that's that's a the those are the situations where either the suspect was fleeing or was armed the 97% so there's 3% of the time where the cop uh cop had an unarmed person who was not fleeing and they killed him those 3% that's shooting deaths george floyd wasn't even a shooting death we're talking about the knee on the back and now there there's a federal charge being put pressed against him for civil rights violation by the doj they're trying to make the, the politics of today, the politics of the Democrats and the DOJ, the politics of the CIA are poisoning this country. They're evil, evil people, period. I don't know how evil, but they are evil. They're paid, they're corrupt, they're bought. We found out our CIA uh, uh, director, Bill Burns, is... Uh, was working for a Carnegie Foundation overseas and was uh, which is a front operation for the PLA and for the United Front. So we're dealing with the CCP. So do you want the director of the CIA being in the back pocket of the CCP? Isn't that the highest level of betrayal? Uh, back in the was the 1980s, there was an agent for the CIA that was found to be a double agent for the KGB was big news for a little while and then it disappears because we don't want to air our laundry publicly. But the CCP is blackmailing our people, I believe. At least this is my conjecture, that they're blackmailing. Of course, they blackmail Biden because they have all kinds of dirt on his son. I think they have more than just the laptop. I think they have enough things to bury the Biden administration if they don't dance to their tune. This is the problem with electing somebody because you despise the other guy. Especially if you elect the guy who is absolutely decrepit and morally bankrupt. You may think Trump is a horrible person. It's a matter of degree. I mean, does he run his mouth? Sure. not that, that hasn't ever been the problem. What are his policies? Is he, was he trying to protect America? Yes. Closed border... Makes sense. Vetting makes sense. Policies for America uh, building operations makes sense. Lower taxes for, uh, for middle class people obviously makes sense. The reason why the tax cuts were so so evil to certain people is because if you live in a blue state, you weren't getting your maximum tax deduction on your uh, uh, deductions on your taxes. That pissed off a lot of billionaires. That pissed off a lot of people who have way too much money and way too much free time on their hands. And they go ahead and they go rat- rattle their mouth to somebody in politics and say, you better make sure this works because I'm tired of getting ripped off by Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump is blah, 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 blah. This Trump derangement syndrome that's been boiling over for five years because of all the stupid that was spread about him, the lies. And this comes directly from the Clinton, Clinton's uh, operations, the per- Perkins-Koy and the steel dossier and all that bullshit that is bullshit because if it was anything tangible they would have been able to bring it to court but the reason why they didn't bring it to court is because if it actually got aired in court the people that would have to provide the evidence couldn't do it they would just be providing their their opinions and their speculation and so everybody bought this narrative on him and it has destroyed this country and the media is part and parcel. They are the guilty operators in this country. They are the malevolence that we have to stop. They are going to destroy this country because they're evil. They are evil too. They're bought by Democrats. They're bought by the CCP. ABC, for example, Disney. They're all owned by the CCP. Why do you think they're destroying all their cultural icons, so to speak? The the Disney characters are reformulating everything in terms of BLM. They're doing that on purpose. I don't have a problem with black characters, or there's been plenty of great black characters. There's everybody who's watched good movies, you know, Blade or or Mister uh, what you call him, uh, what do you call it, Sidney Poitier back in the day. Uh, it, I forget whether it was called it in the heat of the night. And, uh, they, you call me Mister Tibbs. We've had great black actors. We've had great black characters. And yet we have people that are so poisonous now that they just keep on jibing this in. And they're doing it because they're picking at a sore that's going back to, you know, this is a Marxist ploy. They pick at things because that's what they do. They know that they can, They're can. they're antagonizing low IQ people, people who don't understand what they're doing to them. They go, yeah, you should be resentful of everything that goes on. They pick on the gullible and the low IQ people. So there's my rant. Now let's get back to Tucker here for a second. Uh, I'm going to see if I can fast forward here a little bit. Because the part that you need to listen to is next.
1: Not running the New York Times, Times, it ran ran on Medium. And the the piece explains explains where this this virus virus almost almost certainly certainly came came from. In it, Nicholas Wade makes it clear that more than any other single living American, Tony Fauci is responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic. Wade lays out a nearly insurmountably large amount of evidence that this virus originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in central China. It seemed to make sense this show and others had raised the possibility from the early days of the pandemic. But this piece all but proves it. At the time the outbreak began last fall, the Wuhan lab was conducting experiments on how to make bat viruses infectious to human beings. Those experiments were funded by American tax dollars. Those experiments were, their funding, approved and directed by Tony Fauci in Washington. By Tony Fauci. That is hard to believe, but it's true, and the piece lays it out. Many of the Wuhan experiments fell under the direction of a Chinese researcher called Shi Li, known as the Bat Lady. She was China's leading expert on bat-borne viruses. Her job was to genetically engineer coronaviruses so that they infect human beings and do so as easily as possible. This work, Nicholas Wade notes, involved, quote, doing gain of function experiments designed to make coronavirus infect human cells. Now, why was this research going on? We'll have to ask the scientists who did it. But the fact remains, these were some of the most dangerous experiments ever conducted by mankind. And yet we know that China was not taking necessary safety precautions, and we should not be surprised by that. Several years ago, American diplomatic cables warned about low and lax standards at the Wuhan lab. In fact, the Wuhan facility was classified as a biosafety level two laboratory. What does that mean? Well, according to Richard Ebright, who's a molecular biologist at Rutgers, that is approximately the same level of safety that you would find in a dentist's office in America. So that lab conducting research, experiments on the coronavirus and how to make it transmissible to human beings resulted almost certainly in the infection of a lab researcher, and the virus spread from there. The first coronavirus patients, in fact, did not come from the so-called wet market, as we heard. That was a lie. The first patients of the coronavirus, in fact, were employees at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, at the lab. So once again, why would the Wuhan lab be conducting experiments like that in the first place? Well, we know that Tony Fauci had authorized payment for the research. For five years, from 2014 to 2019, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which Tony Fauci runs and has for decades, pumped money to a group called the EcoHealth Alliance. The EcoHealth Alliance is run by a man whose name you may recognize, Dr. Peter Daszak. Daszak contracted with Dr. Xi to conduct gain-of-function experiments at the Wuhan lab. Just before the pandemic became public knowledge on December 9, 2019, Peter Dazic sat for an interview that was streamed online. In that interview, Dazik bragged about how easy it is to manipulate coronaviruses in lab experiments.
2: Coronavirus is a pretty good
0: I mean you're a virologist You know all this stuff But they, you can um, manipulate them in the lab pretty easily It's yeah. just spike protein Drives a lot of what happens with the yeah. coronavirus uh, Zoonotic risk So you can get the sequence You can build the protein And we work with Ralph Barrick at UNC mm-hmm. to do this um, Insert it into a backbone of another virus right. And do, do some work in the lab So there, So there you go I don't think I really need to go too much further on that, but uh, I will uh, into the Nicholas Wade article because I think that's important because I included it in my book because it just recently came out and it was uh, it was uh, a good source and it followed with sources that I had been well aware of and had been uh, publishing since... Well, back in uh, well, back in the fall, in the earliest, that, I mean, I knew about the gain of function. I knew about the funding from the NIH. Um, Peter Daszak, I wasn't as familiar with, but I knew I, I, I recently stumbled across him. I didn't make the connect the the Eco Alliance into that, that particular pathway, and I certainly didn't have the I didn't have the video or the audio that you just heard regarding his uh, his complicity in the situation um and that's my fault. Um, you know, I should have done more analysis on that. Uh sorry. Uh, the the key to any puzzle is uh being willing to let other people some people will find the the dominoes. So So part of the thing that should uh should concern you is that Dazek was uh, here this is directly from Nicholas Way's article. Uh, and I write, uh, I quote, quote, contrary to the letter, the letter writer's assertion, the idea that the virus might have escaped from a lab-invoked accident is not conspiracy. It surely needed to be explored, not rejected out of hand. A defining mark of good scientists is that they go to great pains to distinguish between what they know and what they don't know. But this criterion, the signatories of the Lancet letter, were behaving as poor scientists, they were assuring the public of facts they could not know for sure were true. Lancet letter had been organized and drafted by Peter Dazik, president of the Eco Alliance of New York. Dazik's organization funded coronavirus research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. If the SARS-CoV-2 or SARS-2 virus had indeed escaped from research he funded, Dazik would be potentially culpable. This acute conflict of interest was not declared to the Lancet's readers. To the contrary, the letter concluded, we declared no competing in- interests. So, And then I said, as noted in the hydroxychloroquine section, there was a conflict regarding the FDA medical journals, the WHO trials, amongst other coincidences found. This is speaking to, uh, in, in the section of my book, I found the, 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 the reason why hydroxychloroquine was being uh, smashed down Was based upon uh, Two uh, two uh, medical journals Doing shoddy research Or sub using shoddy data collection From a place called Surgisphere Surgisphere was a company That's based out of Chicago, Illinois And it involved A handful of employees I think three and One of them was supposedly a science fiction writer Not a science writer A science fiction writer uh, It was the CEO of it uh I it's an Indian guy. I uh Desai, I'll have to I'll go to this section here real quick. I'm sorry I should have should have done that to begin with. Um but yeah, uh so you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, just a second. I'm sorry I don't remember the name off the top of my head because uh this is, and I found this out back in June uh about this dude and I found it out about Surgisphere, which is quite quite telling of where we're at on this situation, so in the who in the mainstream media did everything they could to destroy uh, hydroxychloroquine. So Surgisphere, at one at, at the time when I clipped this off of LinkedIn, they had 262 followers. Does that sound like an organism? I mean, yeah, it's a small outfit, but here here's where okay, the CEO of Surgisphere is Dr. Sapan Desai, D E S A I. Who met the co-author of the retracted Lancet study again in the Lancet, Dr. Amit Patel, formerly of University of Utah, through being his brother-in-law. So this study was written up by two two uh, uh, you know obviously connected through through a sister, through the one guy's sister because he's married to her. D- Desai co-authored with doctors uh, Desai co-authored with doctors Patel and uh, uh, Medra a New England Journal of Medicine article regarding cardiovascular disease, drug therapy, and mortality in COVID-19. This too was retracted due to Desai's data coming from Surgisphere. Desai's work as a graduate student at UIC also warranted review as it appeared he manipulated the images on a journal submission in 2004. So this is a guy who's used to kind of working in in the the, uh, unethical... um, uh, Outlets. Now here's the money. So the lead author of the Lancet study was Mandeep Medra, MD, medical director of the Heart and Vascular Center at Brighton's Women's Hospital. In March 2020, the Gates Foundation provided a $4.995 million uh, grant to Brighton and Women's College to develop a set of platform technologies to address the unmet need of dosing of patients on an infrequent basis and have the capacity to safely reside in the body for prolonged periods of time greater than one month and up to 12 months. So that's what the grant is supposedly for. This was the third largest grant ever received by Brighton. On another, on an, in, in, in another situation, and maybe not as well known, um, the FDA, or um, an FDA chair, Dr. Lindsay Biden, uh, Baden, was uh, connected to Gates. Uh, he wrote a NASTAGram in I forget what journal. I don't think it was the I think it was the New England Journal of Medicine, but I'll have to get to it here in a second. I'm sorry I don't remember every journal article because in many cases so yeah, the New England Journal of Medicine wrote Dying in a Leadership Vacuum on October eighth, twenty twenty. Now this is only see, it doesn't isn't gonna appeal to every audience, but uh so they wrote this very long article talking about how, uh, you know, that this is the same journal which did its worst to create misinformation on hydroxychloroquine in, in, in interfering with therapeutic option. See, but Biden, the guy, he was a part of this group that wrote this letter. He sits on the f he's an FDA chair, and he's a part of the approval process for uh, authorization of medicines. So he had a conflicting interest on. How this was going to be rolled out to the rest of us, you see where this is going. These people are all interconnected in one way, shape, or form. Uh, they're all either being bought or subtly manipulated and contorted to provide everybody with false information. Now, that's that's just my that's my two cents and that's my theory. Uh, but when you start connecting all the dots, uh, um, you know where they are, where they're appearing. Uh, And it's uh, some of the same institutions and Gates is behind the funding. It seems like he was being uh, forcing grants into situations uh, under the cover or guise of of uh, assisting science. He wasn't assisting science and it gets better. So if you look on like CNBC, I've seen multiple interviews where they bring on these people who are involved with uh, uh, rolling out information uh, to the public. And then you find them stand uh, uh, like the one guy was. Uh, um, uh, uh, he's in front of a banner that is a uh, Gates-owned operated the uh, IDH IDHE, which is like a modeling service that he created in Washington D. Uh, Washington State. Uh, it's a University of Washington supported, which Gates has provided oh one point five billion dollars to over the course of time. He owns that medical school completely. Lock, stock, and barrel. Anything that comes out of the University of Washington Has got a got a Gates tint to tank to it all the way through. Any medical doctor in Washington, by the way, the University of Washington, along with Johns Hopkins and and Harvard, are, are usually amongst the preeminent uh, uh, preeminent uh, uh, medical schools. You know, there's other ones like the University of Wisconsin, and uh, I think a few others. I'm not a medical school expert, but. I do know that the ones that are uh, highly rated, there's only a few of them, and I'm sure Gates has made sure that his is still considered highly rated because he buys the media too. He funds the BBC. He funds NPR. That's one of his bigger funding methods that he uses in Washington, D.C. I think he provided $15 million to NPR over the last decade. He's provided over 50 million million to the BBC. Uh, Yeah, he buys messaging. I mean, you could say he's buying advertising, but he's not. He's buying messaging, especially on health issues. You know, they're not the only thing. So anytime you've got these situations, I'm sure those are grants, by the way. That isn't counting all the other stuff that we don't know about. That's just the things that we know overtly that we can say, here it is, I can find it. That doesn't count all the other stuff. So what's his face goes on? Um Nicholas Wade goes on. I shouldn't say what's his face. So, as mentioned earlier, the gain-of-function seems to be a hot area to get ahead of pandemics, as also entertained the Fort Detrick Lab and our U.S. agencies offshored or seized 10 of 21 gain-of-function studies. Wade noted the pairing up of U.S. and China. She then teamed up with Ralph S. Barrick, an eminent coronavirus researcher at University of North Carolina. Their work, their work focused on enhancing the ability of bat viruses to attack humans, so that, so as to examine the emerg, emergence potential—that is, the potential to infect humans—of circulating bat cove coronaviruses In pursuit of this uh, pr- pursuit of this aim, in November 2015, they created a novel uh, novel virus by taking the backbone of a SARS virus and replacing its spike protein with one from a bat virus known as. SHC-014-COV. This manufactured virus was able to infect the cells of human airway, at least when tested against a lab lab culture of such cells. A crossroads of gain and functions concerns the potential to prepare for and mitigate future outbreaks must be weighed against the risk of creating more dangerous pathogens. Wade bluntly states what most risk-averse and rational folks have come to know. From the hindsight of 2021, one can say that the value of of gain-of-function studies in preventing the SARS cov epidemic was zero. The risk was catastrophic if indeed the SARS virus was generated in a gain-of-function experiment. And I, I had some emphasis there. So there you go. You have this guy. He's even noticing this and he's a you know a preeminent science writer. Now, I'm going you know, I'm coming out coming out clean. I'm not a science expert. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a microbiologist, but I can read and I can look at and look at things and see what they're talking about and I've seen multiple multiple versions of this. So, one of the things that made this a big deal was that there's a thing called a he called it the double CGG hallmark, which is the fact is is that uh these things uh, have come, come with like a fingerprint. There's like a uh, they call it an insertion an insertion. And that insertion uh, stuck out to certain people once they got the genetic coding. they could go line it up and they say, "hmm, this is different. This can't this doesn't naturally occur." And it, it's 12 nucleotides. And that was a big deal. And Dolores Cahill caught that very early on. This was back in May of 2020, so I've known about this for a long time. Not the, not all the in particulars. You know, I don't have the, you know, I don't have the pull or the juice of uh, Nicholas Wade or anything. Uh, but I mean, I've had a pretty good understanding. And there's other people been writing about this. For example, um, not only Dr. Lee Min Yan, who nobody likes. Uh, when I say nobody likes, nobody in the science community likes. Oh, by the way. Dr. Lee Mignon ran afoul of Dr. Gallo For those of you who don't know who Dr. Gallo is Robert Gallo was the guy who uh, Ostensibly was supposed to have discovered AIDS Well, he was uh, taking his first retrovirus That he had discovered And he tried to propagate the, uh, propagate the hypothesis That it was the one that was causing AIDS The French at the time, Dr. Luc Monnier, I think his name, I can't remember his last name uh Luc Montagnier and Francois Barré uh, sinoussi uh they're French researchers uh they were the ones who actually wound up getting uh the Nobel Prize for their work uh but yeah it was um it was a messy situation in the 1980s and it just turns out by the way that Dr Fou- that was where Dr Fauci launched his career basically that's when he became the head of the N- NIH uh, there was a uh, lady, uh, what's her Meckler, who was the who was then the head of the uh, HHS or some huge department over in uh, DC. Uh, Margaret, I think her name is Margaret Heckler. Uh, so she was the one who said that Gallo had been the one who found it, and it just so happened that Gallo patented a a um, what do you call it? A test or either an antibody or. or not an antibody, but uh, a test to test positive for HIV at that time. He put in a patent on this thing the day before the announcement. So this is what caused the French to get all up in arms because this was 1984. And they said, oh, we'll, we'll find an antidote. They even said, we're going to find a cure, a vaccine. We still don't have a vaccine for AIDS, which is quite interesting because this particular virus evidently has some, it has an, some kind of AIDS structure. This virus was definitely designed in a lab, from what everybody's been able to ascertain. So, the bigger question is why don't we know this, or why doesn't the mainstream media propagate this? Why? Because they're scared. They're scared. They they have there are people who are bought and paid for by the CCP, and they're being blackmailed. You know that you could you it, it, it's when people refuse to not only that they hate Trump, but the uh, I think they're more scared than they are uh, uh, hateful. I think they're more compromised than anything you could possibly imagine. And they know this. And so they've been keeping their mouth shut. So Gallo, for example, has received $15 million from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in 2007. And he's the founding of the. He did that upon the founding of the Institute of Human Virology, and Gallo is tied to the University of Maryland. So that's the reason why Maryland gets all its money. Uh, just so you know. So uh, yeah, uh, over a quarter billion dollars worth of money they've received in over a course of time. So anyway, and he is also Gallo is heavily uh, tied to the Shangdong Gallo Institute of Virology, and he received an award from uh, a guy named Dr. George Gallo. And Dr. George Gal happened to be at the event 201. So, you know, I'm trying to connect the dots for you as quickly as I can, but it, 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 this is not just like some... This is a very... The people that are involved in this, there's so many, that any of them, if they snitched on the other one, will probably wind up uh, not being not being alive for very long. Let's just put it that way. So one of the better doctors, or not a doctor, well, he's a doctor, he's a PhD uh, he came up with a Bayesian, a Bayesian analysis in January 29th of 2021. So I published this back in February. So I'm three three months ahead of the curve too. So he published this article and it's a very long, it's 193 pages of statistical analysis. But the money shot was that uh, uh, I was uh, finding out or doing probabilistic that this was a corona, this was created in lab and not naturally occurring. One of his things that really stuck out was, um, for example, again, the author cannot fully vet these conclusions. However, one key insight is the concept of an intermediate hosting in animals versus a one generation source for this Cub 2 uh, virus, which is illuminating for a layperson. Quote For two prior human corona. Uh, virus epidemics. An intermediate or approximate host was identified for SARS-CoV in 2003 through four. It was the the civet cat. Which uh, the Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome MERS 2012 uh, through 14. It was a camel. Uh, uh, both of these human amb- epidemics, the intermediate host was identified within four to ten months of the first clinically identified human infection. With Cove, we're 12 months since the pandemic beginning and still waiting for evidence. In a true uh, zoonosis, the family tree of the virus genome sequences doesn't pa- uh, pass back through the, first patient, uh, through the first patient, but instead tracks all the way back to ancestors months or years earlier. This is called posterior diversity, and it's easy. It's an easy genetic test to perform. With Cove, two, every one of the more to uh, more, every one of the more than two hundred ninety-four thousand virus genomes sequenced can be traced back to the first genomic cluster, and in and in the first patient in that cluster, a thirty-nine-year-old man, who was seen at the uh, seen at the PLA hospital about one mile from Wuhan Institute of Virology, the COVID pandemic was the. Finally, a genetic signature of one pure virus sequence infecting one human with human-to-human spread thereafter. There is just the one and only jump into a human population ever seen. The lack of posterior diversity has been alluded to by Dr. Xi, by The Who, and by other prominent virologists. They just never take the critical piece of the evidence to the next proper inference. In short, this was not purely evolved. It was constructed based upon proper in- inference, so that's where I get. Uh, that's where I'll leave off the book, and we'll go to my next uh, uh, point of view. I've been talking fast, so let's see if I can slow down a bit. So Amazon censored the, my release of my book on May sixteenth. Or censored the advertising to it. I haven't uploaded the book yet, but so it said Hello Sponsor Ads Katie KDP. Thank you for submitting your sponsored product ad campaign for review. Following an internal review below is the status of your ads as per our creative acceptance policies. The following ads are non-compliant to creative acceptance policies. Your ad titled Operation Virus, the delivery of COVID, chaos, and communism to the United States and the world no longer no longer complies with our current creative acceptance policies, specifically for the following reasons. Quote Your ad contains a product that is temporarily restricted from advertising. To ensure a good customer experience, please remove any products related to sensitive events such as natural disasters, human-caused disasters, health emergencies, incidents of mass drama, or the death of public figures. <laughs> so that was what they wrote to me. So as you can see, they're pretty much censoring, okay, so we can't talk about bad things. We can't talk about natural disasters. So I guess, you know, if we were going to talk about... Uh, was it the the tsunami event back in two thousand five. We'd have to take that off the yeah off the list. Human caused disasters. So what World war two no war titles because I mean that's a human caused disaster unless they think it's something else or the title on Oscar back in the eighties. I mean I don't really know what they're talking about disasters. That's pretty broad. Health emergencies. Well, so we can't talk about the Spanish. Uh, what about the what about the the Spanish flu? incidence of mass drama <laughs> what the incidence of mass drama uh, uh is that like uh so would that be like the 1930s and the the rise of uh Adolf Hitler and all that jazz or the death of public figures okay so would that be JFK Harvey Milk you know whatever I don't know I'm just it, it's such these are just broad assertions i mean i i just named you i named you an example of each one of those things just to just to show that i'm not oblivious to what they're trying to get at but uh you know they should that should concern people because you know censorship is just just evil so you know that didn't, that shouldn't surprise you so this is the globalist this is the globalist new world order that they're trying to put in install in place that they're trying to uh, make sure that we're all uh, uh following and towing the line and not uh pissing off anybody so uh I'll play this real quick this is interesting uh so it turns out the Epstein the handling of the Jeffrey Epstein case this was released on May 10th 2021 in Palm Palm Beach County was, wasn't corrupt according to the Florida investigation finds. So I'll just let it, I, I'll let it play here and uh, hopefully it's loud enough that you can hear it.
2: Handling of Jeffrey Epstein wasn't corrupt. Florida investigation finds. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement has cleared Palm Beach State prosecutors and the Palm Beach Sheriff's Office of any wrongdoing in connection with the lenient criminal prosecution and liberal jail privileges received by sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. FDLE investigators found no evidence that Barry Krischer, who was the Palm Beach state attorney when the case was investigated in 2005-2006, or his assistant state attorney on the case, Lana Bielolovic committed any crimes, accepted any bribes or gifts, or did anything improper in their handling of the case, according to a 24-page summary of the state probe into their actions obtained Monday by the Miami Herald. FDLE's criminal investigation was ordered by Governor Ron DeSantis following a series of stories in the Miami Herald. Beginning in 2018, the series detailed how Epstein received unprecedented federal immunity and served a short jail sentence in 2008. After the series, Epstein was indicted in New York in 2019 on new sex trafficking charges, but died a month later behind bars while awaiting trial. His death was ruled a suicide by hanging.
0: Yeah, it was ruled a suicide by hanging. So this ties into our next little bit, which is the Wall Street Journal writing about... uh, Melinda Gates was meeting with divorce lawyers since 2019 to end the marriage with Bill Gates. The philanthropist had discussions with lawyers in October 2019 around the around when Microsoft co-founders ties to Jeffrey Epstein's became public along with other things. So they're they're laying the predicate for Gates uh, Melinda Gates to look like she's the 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 angel in the situation which I mean I don't know I'm not going to say that she, let's just say I, I've seen the look on her face and she put it this way, she she was married to the guy for 25 years and if she didn't know what was going on, uh, that would make her really stupid. <laughs> but so she has, it says, okay, so the 56-year-old philanthropist has been working with lawyers at several four, firms since around at least 2019 to unwind the marriage of more than 25 years. Uh, let's see. Let's see. The couple hasn't said what prompted the split. One source of concern for Miss Gates was her husband's dealing with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, according to people and former employee of their charity, and a former employee of the charity. See Mrs. Gates concerned about the relationship date as far back as 2013 so they're laying the predicate that you know she was concerned from the very outset as far back as 2013 but Gates got in bed with this guy in about 2010 so uh and when I say 2010 there's a picture of them he was meeting with uh Larry uh, Lawrence Summers of uh, Harvard University and uh, the Clinton the Clintons orbit uh, cuz Summers was uh I don't want to mistake. I know he was involved with, uh, I think it was Treasury. Uh, he was definitely involved with finance and Treasury, either the Treasury Secretary, and it might have been Robin, Robert Rubin, I don't know which. But he was in the Clinton administration and he became the president of Harvard. He was a president of Harvard when, uh, actually, when Mark Zuckerberg supposedly was uh, at Harvard uh, building Facebook. So that would have, have been about 2004, 2005. Uh, so. So yeah, and then Epstein was uh, donating. A matter of fact, Epstein was donating. I think like thirty million dollars to Harvard back around that time. I'd have to look up the uh, time frame, but yeah, that's when he got his in at Harvard University, or and started uh, working uh, working on his uh, master plans, which were. Um, and Gates and him are in the same boat because they they both are into this transhumanism, this uh, artificial AI technology, and and uh, human uh, they're into human cloning and all this other kind of garbage. They're into the high end. Uh, you can't be a part of this club unless you know the right people, uh, sect. Uh, so let's see here. So according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, let's see. Let's see. Bridget Arnold, a spokesman for Mr. Gates, said in 2019 that the software mogul and Mr. Epstein had met multiple times to discuss philanthropy. Bill Gates regrets ever meeting with Epstein and recognizes it was an error in judgment to do so. And Ms. Arnold said that at the time, Mr. Mr. Epstein died in jail in 2019. So. Mrs. Gates, a global advocate for women and girls, had to, had told her husband she was uncomfortable with Mr. Epstein after the couple met him together in 2013. So they met together. So they, so this was at least two years. As a matter of fact, I think Gates uh, or uh, Epstein had sent something to MIT or something around 2012. See, there's a whole there's a whole layer here of stuff that's going on, and uh, so. I don't want to get into too far into this, cuz I think the thing is that's interesting. Uh yeah. So it's interesting. So March 13th was the day that Gates said he was resigning from the board of uh, boards of Microsoft and Berkshire Hathaway, which of course, you know, Berkshire Hathaway is Warren Buffett's uh, outfit, and Warren Buffett has uh, donated thirty-one billion dollars to the Gates Foundation over the course. Of se- he he made that uh, assertion back in two twenty oh six, and uh, I can verify it through the the nine ninety PF forms that uh, Berkshire's been basically buttressing at least fifty percent of the money that goes out yearly in terms of grants or grant uh, 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 obligations that they they put on the paper. So 13th, it happens to be the same day that uh, this was the coronavirus or the the, national emergency was declared by uh, President Trump. So the very day that Trump declares uh, a national emergency, uh, Gates decides to resign the world from uh, resign from the board. Hmm. Hmm. There's so much linkages here Now there's a lot of events going on during that time But don't you find it kind of And this was the day And by the way March 12th was the day before That Thomas Friedman got on CNBC And called for uh, Called for both Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates To quit their jobs And as it turns out both of them have quit their jobs So this is the globalist objective And I want everybody to realize That globalists never quit See when they conquer markets uh, they're just looking for they're just looking for other things to conquer These people are highly competitive amongst themselves and others, so there can be multiple globalist agendas working at the same time You know it's not just one globalist objective objective everybody's uh, whether they know about each other or not they do they know who's doing what they have friends they have folks around them in high places there are people that keep their mouth shut because they like they like their lifestyle you know. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. That everybody's just oblivious to all this stuff. They've all piecemealed. If they if they got the moticum of intellect at all, and if they're getting six figures or seven figures from these these ass clowns, they, they they're going to suck up to them. They're going to do what they're telling them to do. They're going to move their assets and resources around. They're going to they're going to follow their boss's orders. They're going to do whatever it takes to to stay in that orbit because they love the money. They love the power that comes from it. They love the fact that their families uh get to go to a private school and make all kinds of good uh, you know uh make good friends and all that kind of stuff. So they're not gonna they're not gonna disrupt their lives. They're gonna stay in the orbit of these people for as long as humanly possible. But they can figure out that they're working on things that are not so good or not beneficial to the rest of society, you would think. But uh, you know, a lot of people seem to be uh uh they give they give these people passes on their 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 thirst for power and uh control of everything and everybody. I mean Gates is he's thrown his money around since since the two two thousand basically when he got into the vaccine hustle uh he because he got burned by the DOJ at the time and he's decided to take revenge on society. I mean he's destroyed your education system. Common core is out of his brain and he's uh, put money into uh, all kinds of school districts around the country. He's funded poisoned your universities in California and in Washington DC and Washington state and New York and Massachusetts. All the big liberal, all the bigger, all the big liberal areas, he's thrown tons and tons of money at those areas. Actually, he's kind of done himself a disservice, but all he's done is made them more liberal because liberals only chase money really that's really all it boils down to i mean if you throw enough, if you throw more money at somebody who works in uh you know works in massachusetts i mean the the cost of living there is high so every time they throw a grant at these people i mean do you think all that money is going directly um to through the university no um, guy says i need to buy equipment and this and that and everything how do we know what that grant really gets spent on how many how many of these grants actually turn out with anything improvable? Uh, I can say that for for certain because, uh, for example, uh, there was a healthcare company that was launched uh, uh, by Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan Chase and Amazon. Those three those three entities got together and they developed Haven. And guess what? Haven is going to go defunct. It was run by uh, Gates' acolyte. Um, i forget the name of the guy uh, um he's uh, he's big he's a uh, he he's written multiple books i can't even remember his name but he was the ceo of this uh company i can even look it up i guess if i i think he had a, a shortcut to it so let me uh Haven Healthcare let's see if i uh see if it's still it's still up there uh, let's see here. Why Haven Healthcare failed? <clears throat> they called it insufficient market power. This was written by HBR. Uh, <laughs> so fucking hysterical. Sorry for cousin, but it's the truth. So this was written by the Harvard Business Review. It said why Haven failed. It said uh, when they joined forces in early 2018, they didn't do anything. And then of course Harvard has to ruin the article by putting a stupid advertisement on top of it. Okay. Uh, Haven, the venture to disrupt the U.S. health care formed by Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, and J.P. Morgan Chase is disbanding less than three years after its launch. When it was formed, three companies had a lofty goal to provide U.S. employees and their families with simplified, high-quality, and transparent health care at a reasonable cost. Atul Aguande, so if you know who Atul Aguande is, a famous author and surgeon, as they said was hired as the CEO. They got they hired Jack Stoddard who left like about 8 months in. So what trans it's what's funny thing is like what transpired next was a slow drain of talent. <laughs> Stoddard left after 9 months after being hired. Guande departed a year later. Despite the company's 1.2 million uh US employees and incredible market power, it just didn't happen. They said he had insufficient market power. Actually, I, and it said perverse incentives. So these people don't know how to... They don't know how to build a... You mean you you can't... This is the things. This was written January 6th of 2021 by John S. Toussaint. Now, these people are supposedly intelligent and they act like they understand health. If they understood health, they would know that you have to go to the root cause of why health is failing. You can't... the. Uh, this whole money scheme that gets put out there Is a bunch of shit It's destroying this country It has because we've had Now healthcare is like 18% of GDP But who the hell knows where it is now Because We're in an economic uh, We're in an economic uh Piven uh, Paradigm now Because the socialists that are running our country Are running it right into the ground on purpose out of washington dc joe biden is a uh, an evil puppet anyway so back to the health if you're going to address health we all have to address it through our diet 80 percent of it is diet the last 35 to 40 years what has our diet been why do people get more and more obese why are they targeted evidently by a virus that was released from a wuhan lab that specifically targeted heart and respiratory issues, cardiovascular. Why do we have cardiovascular or more heart disease? Why do we have more respiratory issues? A lot of that is interlinked with uh, being uh, being overweight, being obese, constricted uh, your constricted arteries, etc., etc. Higher blood pressure. You know, obese people usually have higher blood pressure. By the way, so that's cardiovascular is- issues. So it makes your heart have to work harder and has more likelihood that your heart's going to fail at an earlier time. You know, it's just stress. So what, it, what what's part of the issue is people aren't getting enough exercise. People are not getting enough good nutrients. They're eating fatty, it's not the fatty, oh, I, I almost misspoke there. It's not fat in the food. It's the carbohydrates that's killing us. The the, the When I say fatty foods. I shouldn't have said it that way because people will misinterpret that. The carbohydrates causes people to become fat. Getting good fats into your diet and good protein into your diet is necessary for you to have a better health life. That's my advice. So you should ostensibly we should each take in approximately a gram of a gram of protein per. Uh, uh, for a pound of muscle mass So for example Let's just say you weigh 200 pounds Average person is probably about 140 pounds of muscle So about 140 grams of uh, of uh, Protein per day I keep on wanting to stumble into that word fat So 140 grams of protein Per day For a 200 pound person So I'm, always, I'm using 70% as a rough estimate But it can vary Some people are more muscular or more uh, uh, more uh, there's more muscle and less uh uh bone structure and whatnot it's just a rough estimate but uh at least at least a gram per day uh per per pound of muscle the rest of that should be made up with uh fat or a higher percentage of the rest of the remaining calories should be made up with fats good fats uh there's plenty of, of foods out there where you can get a good amount of fat into your diet. And the idea is to keep your carbohydrates low or at minimum. I would say if, if you stay below 100 grams of, uh, of carbohydrates per day, you'll, you'll be doing yourself a favor. Uh, the lower, lower is more keto. I'm not going to get into the diet structure, but let's just say if you can keep your carbs down to 100 grams, I think you'll be in a pretty safe scenario. So the rest of it has to be filled in through that. Uh, if you're going to have more carbohydrate, there are some carbs that are probably a little bit better than other carbs, especially fiber. If, it, if you have more fiber in your diet, that's probably more better uh, better for yourself. So it's not that complex. The problem is, is most people don't get those diets or don't get to that diet level. And I've even been failing in my diet in the last year, obviously due to all the stress that's been going on. But... Uh, Nevertheless, that's the way it should be done on that end. And that's eighty percent of it. Just eating better, eating and drinking a lot of water, uh and keeping your body flushed, maintaining a, a regiment, eating regular diet, and, and maybe every once in a while throwing in a fast for maybe twelve hours or sixteen hours uh, wouldn't hurt for most people. Uh I think most people can maintain that, that regimen. I wouldn't do that as regularly as possible, but it does train your body to be more um, less it trains your body to to stay leaner uh to expect certain things and you can uh, advance that fasting over time. Fasting is something I need to do more of uh, uh, especially on the other side of that is getting activity walking ten thousand steps per day. Uh, you know, go walk three or four miles a day. You can do that at work if you're in the right, uh, right job, just moving around uh, you, very easily. If you work in a warehouse or distribution plant, you're going to get some of that exercise in. Um, even if you're in the office, you should be getting out on the floor and walking every day uh, to not only know your operation, but, you know, just actually uh, get some movement. You know, once an hour you should get up from your desk and walk around for five minutes somehow. 5 minute walk, that's a third of a mile. You do that th- do that 8 hours. A third of a mile when I say 5 minutes if you just go out and just walk uh a steady pace, you should be able to walk about a third of a mile in, in 5 minutes. All over a round trip, so you could go out a sixth and come back a sixth. Uh what's a sixth of a mile to most people? That's 250 yards roughly. Uh so, you know, you do that, boom, you walk your you do that uh, eight times a day or seven times a day, uh, a third of a mile, you, what do you got? You got, two, you got two miles plus right there. So you just do that at, at work, every day. Uh, and, and if you're in the office, that's what I'm talking about. You should be able to easily do that. You do that every day and then you come home and you walk for uh, uh, walk for a mile and a half or two miles. that takes what another 30 minutes or go get some workout at the gym. Or, so you go to the gym show up you get on the treadmill maybe uh, move up the the speed to like five or six miles an hour that way you can knock out two miles in what uh where you go 20 minutes so you do that and then you go uh, do a 25 or 30 minute uh lifting workout of some sort uh you know focus on uh flexibility moving around getting your muscles activated you know you've already walked you got your legs activated you can do a little bit more squatting, you can do uh, you know, burpees, which are you can a lot of people do bad form on that, but you can do cable rows, you can do rowing. Rowing exercise is good. You use out your entire body with a row. And I'm just going off on that because these people should have developed that. As a matter of fact, I put this entire idea together. Uh this idea that you show up at a at a healthcare uh facility, what I call healthcare facility. It's, it's more like a retail center, and I, my marketing strategy was to, to use the old mall system to deploy these little shopping um, outlets where you would go there. You get behavioral analysis. You get a dietary instruction. You get psychological instruction, and then you get uh, you have a, a store there to get good foods uh, at a decent price, like a vitamin shop or whatever something like a vitamin shop a GNC whatever nutritional center then you have your physical uh, area your kinesthetic area where you you got you know all the little gym area and then you have a place where you could uh, uh, show that you're making progress so people would would uh, continue to access that particular entity so it's bringing together all those things and the diagnostic part is the The hardest part and it's really the only part of it that's even medical care per se because all the rest of it is just a gym but uh, a gym and a little bit of a psychological practice but uh, the idea was to to take your chem panels and and get get your baselines on your chemicals measure that and this could all fix most people's problems really it could most people I didn't say everybody no, There is no silver bullet that's going to get everybody treated. You can get 90% of the people, probably in this scenario, treated very easily for obesity, um, bad diets, bad access. And what do you know? We would have a much healthier society. But why can't these people come up with this idea? You know, They're smarter than me, right? They're all billionaires, right? Evidently, they're not so smart uh, because they're not doing it. So anyway, um, my I guess my I got on a tangent there But what it should tell you is you got this guy named Gates Who's got all these billions of dollars And he couldn't come up with a better idea than he, he had And now his wife's leaving him And she's leaving him for what reason? There's no telling why uh, uh, exactly <laughs> The May 3rd, May 3rd divorce filing says The couple had agreed to separation Contracted to divide their asset, a fortune estimated at $130 billion uh, by Forbes. Their assets include a $131 million lakeside compound in Washington states called Xanadu 2.0. <laughs> oh boy. So last week, Mr. Gates' investment firm transferred $2.4 billion worth of public company shares to Mrs. Gates, including stakes in a car dealership owned by uh, owner Auto Nation. ha <laughs> ha. A Mexican broadcaster and a Canadian railroad. Oh boy, it's just amazing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just too. It's just too much. Too much crap. Uh, and what's funny is you get to the bottom of this article, and it has Wall Street Journal has. I evidently got a magazine out. It says February fifteenth, Bill Gates has a master plan for battling climate change. <laughs> uh Gates Foundation gift to support COVID-19 testing at historically black colleges this was October 13th uh Bill Gates has has regrets Bill Bill and the Gates by Ocean Home near San Diego for 43 billion uh 43 million sorry it's just funny so <laughs> these these people they're just uh uh I'm just I'm just stunned by, stunned by the complicity of our mainstream media in this, and how far they lag behind knowing what's going on with these people. Um, Well, I'm going to go and give it a close out here. I appreciated trying to. uh, This is the reason why it took me a while to come back to a broadcast. Was I was working on this book, and I will continue to work on this book. I am going to publish it on my website on. Uh, real soon I may upload it to Amazon and see if they'll take it if they don't I don't care Uh, they've already over the course of my entire time uh, while Amazon's been in existence I probably spent just under I probably under $300 with Amazon total Uh, that's for books Uh, I bought less than 10 items I know that so I've never really used Amazon. I know other people swear by it, but I've never really, I never really cared for them too much. So, as far as I'm concerned, they can they can eat it, eat it, and I can go my own route. I will say this: that two people already pre pre ordered my book, which isn't saying much, but you know, that's two more than uh, I expected so quickly, and that was without advertising it too much. So. I appreciate you guys listening to me today. Um, It's going to be a tough road ahead for all of us. Uh, uh, There's pipeline issues. There's uh, cyber attacks. and uh, There's supposedly uh, going to be something triggered over the summer based upon that. According to the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab, the other globalist plot that's out there. It's going to be interesting to see if there's enough pushback to get these people put in check I think enough people are aware of how evil these people are and what they're trying to do to us and I hope that their, their uh, globalist subordinates the leaders of the world the people that run your countries and, and counties and states uh, finally realize that the people are pretty much fed up with them and that we're not as stupid and rubbish as they think they, uh, we are so God bless America God bless the United States of America and the world at large. Thank you and have a pleasant day.